But it's so good to be with everybody. I'm so thankful to see smiling faces. Thank God for that. And good friends. Uh, had a great time. I'm going to say, first of all, to this church personally, we had a work day yesterday. Thank you for everyone that uh, came out and worked. You got, a, you got surrounded by hard workers that they don't just look good in suit, but they know how to get their work clothes on and dig in the mud and cut trees down and limbs and clean and scrub. The chairs you're sitting on were scrubbed by somebody that wants to say, hey, we want to make sure this seat looks good for you. You probably can't see it because you're sitting on it, but it's a clean seat. <laughs> But I'm so grateful for everyone here. I'm so excited. I, I, I understand that I am the only thing standing between you and a good meal. And I know that's a dangerous place to be. So I won't be too long. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm going to start out with a scripture. Uh, if you bought your Bibles, you can open them up. But they'll have it on the screen. It's in Ecclesiastes, the Old Testament. In chapter 4 and verse 10. Verse 4 and verse 10. Talking about friends there. So... If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone, for when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. There ever was a scripture about friends. Boy, that's a scripture right there. And it's great to have friends, friends that support one another. There's a great story that I heard, someone that I know. He's into... Um, uh, Civil War reenactments. So I don't know if you've seen them, you know, seen, heard about them, but people would dress up in the whole garb, the whole getup, and do like one, two, three days Civil War reenactments. And so he invited his friends to come out and, and be a part of this. And they have the, I guess, where the spectators can sit. I've never been to one, but the story goes that they're out there to watch their friend and just this reenactment of this battle. And as the, the battle starts, their friend does a great job of getting shot and died. Just, oh, and falls. And for like the next, from what I understand, hours, their friends sat on the sideline and watched their friend just lay in a field for a couple of hours. Just like, well, thanks for inviting us to come. He's doing a great job. You know, it, I, I'm, I'm thankful for the support, but man, I don't know. I would be a little bit mad, like. You couldn't have lived a little bit longer. But like, oh, it just got my leg. Just limp around a field for a while. It's like, oh, and just lay and just take a nap. Wake up. Nope, still going. I, I, I don't understand that. But these are, these are people that really, really get into this. Like they will wear the, the authentic garb. And not only that, but they will camp. Okay, they will go out there and they will get tents that are authentic beds that are authentic, the lanterns, I mean, just everything. And I don't know about you, but I don't like camping uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, we did some camping in tents and stuff like that, but whew, that was not, not too fun. My parents, we had a little tent, but it's waterproof. And what they decided to do is get a window unit and pop that bad boy in the side and was like, you know what? We can hook it up to that little power outlet they have and we can sleep good. I don't know if that's called camping or they call it glamping, which is glamorous camping mixed together. We had fans and power and lights, and that was living. And as I've gotten older, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to make it back to the tents. I may rent, rent a hotel or, you know, get one of the RVs you can rent and stuff, and it's advertised, rent me now, all this. That may be me. But camping, whew. But I can't imagine Civil War camping. I mean, sleep was very important, and, and they wanted their soldiers to be well-rested. 
because just like them back then, we're grumpy when we don't get good sleep. I mean, maybe like today, you didn't want to talk to anybody till you got your coffee or, or, or your chai or anything like that. You're just, you just grumpy. You're hangry. And then you get a good breakfast. But these men have to go and fight battles, and they need to make tough decisions. And so they wanted to make sure that their soldiers slept good. So they did have some nicer tents. You have that first picture of the tall tent. It's a tall tent. This is what they, the soldiers used to sleep in. It was called a, and let me try to get this right, but a syllabi. It slept 12 men. It was like 12 foot tall, something along the lines of a TP, and it was 20 foot in diameter. They could sleep like 12 to 20 men in there, but they would pack them. So it was a head and a foot, head and a foot, head and a foot. But they said it was pretty rough because nobody bathed or showered, and you're by somebody's feet. They said it was very brutal. It was nasty. It wasn't a great place to sleep in. But this was toward the beginning, but they found out that it took several carriages to transport these tents, and it wasn't great. It was a lot of issue and wear and tear, and as they tried to get faster and move quicker and, and um, supplies started getting rough. <laughs> supplies, chains. Supply chain was rough back then, too. Um, there were things that would happen, and they said, well, we can't do this anymore. And so they had to give the soldier, this is what they gave the soldier, basically. You got, you got one of those right there? They just gave them a, basically a five-foot by five-foot piece of cloth. They gave them, essentially, half a tent. And all they would do, I don't know if we can set this up. We're going to just experiment with us, okay, right here, one second. We're going to try to set this up. Now, I, ooh. Nice. <laughs> oh, thanks. No, no, I can't even play the piano, okay? I learned one song. I think it was that, Heart and Soul. Dun, 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 dun. Probably most people can get on a piano and play that. But what they would do is basically, that was it. They had a piece of cloth, about five by five. And you can't do much. And obviously, they would set it up a little bit better. It's okay. I mean, and, and Cade here, he's a camper. He's an outdoors man. If you want to go camping, go with Cade, all right? Sleeping under the stars. Not me. You want to go camping? I can yelp good hotels. <laughs> but they would just kind of do a little lean-to. And there's not much protection in a lean-to. That's good, bro. If it falls, it falls. It's, it's sad anyway, no matter how you look at it. <laughs> but there's... Not much you could do. They literally said, we are giving you half a tent. It's lightweight, it's portable, and you can do whatever you want with it. And so that's what they would kind of have. I, uh, and so I, I've come to preach with the help of the Lord, and I, I, it's going to make more sense as we go along. But it's just half a tent. You got that title slide? It's just half a tent. I would, if you would, lay your Bibles down, just close your eyes. We lift our hands and just ask the Lord to come into this place. God, I pray that you would touch people today. I thank you for the sacrifice that some have made to make it out on a Sunday morning. God, maybe out of the routine or habits. God, maybe coming for a good friend. And Lord, I pray most of all, though, that you would come into this place. We need you. If anything's going to happen, God, it's because of you. If any good is going to come of this service, it's because you stepped in and you moved and stirred the heart and the mind of people. I'm asking that your spirit would begin to touch hearts and minds. Wipe away every distraction and every hindrance, every hard heart. Let there be an openness to receive your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. So we live in a world where the one-man army is glorified. Give me 
the Rambo. Give me the MacGyver. Give me all these people that all you need is just a duct tape and some bubble gum, and I will make anything you need. You need a helicopter? Just give me a popsicle stick and a rubber band, and I've got you. You know, whatever it is, this one-man army, what it is defined as is someone who thinks, well, maybe they can do everything by themselves without assistance. We love to hear that story of the one person sailing around the world or that man climbing Mount Everest or that transatlantic flight across the Atlantic by themselves, just nothing but pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. But in reality, and history bears it to be true, that they had a lot of people helping. They had engineers and workers and planners and financial backers and suppliers, even people who helped make the food and clean the workshop because nobody does it by themselves. You cannot make it by yourself. I want you to point to the person next to you and say, you need help. <laughs> now, some of you may mean that in different ways. You need help. <laughs> may have said it before this service. You need help. <laughs> but we all need help. And it's sad when people try to get everything by themselves because you will live a frustrated life, not getting ahead, not happy. Why? Because you're doing life by yourself. If anyone thinks they can do it by themselves, I want you to ask them something. I want you to say, hey, build a toaster. Can, can you build a toaster? There was a man that was named Thomas Thwaites. Tough name, I know. I was cracking up about it. Royal College of Art graduate. And he wanted to see, in fact, if he could build himself a toaster. He's thinking, you know, I'm living in the 20th century. Maybe I could build a toaster. And so he found the cheapest toaster that he could find. It was less than $5. And he completely dismantled it and see if he could then reverse engineer this simple toaster. But he found out that there were 400 pieces made out of 100 different materials. So he said, I'm just going to focus on five of these materials and if I can duplicate these five maybe I can some way build a toaster so he said I'm gonna focus on the steel the mica the copper the plastic and the nickel so he goes while well, I need steel well where does steel come from yeah do we search he says well it's iron so he got to go and went to an iron mine went down in the iron mine and got the rocks he got permission and got the rocks and went back and said okay well now I need to smelt it and get it out and he tried to build these little things he couldn't finally he figured out that there was some sort of way you could microwave it. This metal, which is crazy that a microwave can do this in, in, in a special type of microwave, but he superheated it, and finally he put it in the mold, and he got his steel. And then he did this with other things, too, and he did it with the uh, plastic. He, he, called, he actually called BP and said, can you, can you bring me out to an oil rig because plastic comes from oil? Can I just get a bale of oil from you? And they're like, they never called him back. He's like, they never called me back. So I, was trying, I was telling him, explain, I'm trying to make a toaster, and I need oil for plastic. Didn't happen. He went to a copper mine, though. He got other things and everything. But do you want to see the end result of one man saying, I can do it by myself? Can you put up that picture of the toaster that he built? That's right. He got, he got the plastic somehow, and he put it, and got it super hot, and he put it into a, um, a stump that he hollowed out and squeezed it on there and tried to make the mold and everything. And he said it, he actually did plug, plug it in. He said, for five seconds, it started toasting. And then it started melting everything and then just broke. <laughs> but it's funny, and we're, we're laughing, 
But there are people that are exactly like that. I can do it by myself. I don't need no help. And you're sitting there watching them. I, I don't need nobody. I, I can do this. And, and you look at their life and you're like, okay, that's special. You keep on doing that, looking at this person. I made a toaster. All right. You could have used some help. You know, really look a lot better. Do a lot more. Toast a lot more bread. So the question is, why do we need somebody? The question is, what happens when you fall? Because everybody trips up. Everybody stumbles. Maybe walking into this place, you did a little stumble. If you're like me, when I trip and stumble, I try to play it off and go into a slight jog. You know? Yeah, I just like the jog right about now, tripping. One time in service, uh, uh, I was walking along the back row, and I tripped, so I went into my normal stance. Well, I tripped again. I almost went into a full-out run. <laughs> I tripped, and then I said, what's wrong with him? Just, just jogging in church, just feel like it. You know, if you're an apostolic church, sometimes people run the aisles, so I was just blending right in. <laughs> but we all fall, trip and stumble, and opening scripture was Ecclesiastes 4 and 10, for if they fall, no one... The one will lift up his fellow, but woe, watch out to him that is alone. For when he falleth, there not has one to help him up. Now, we like to hear the survival stories of someone out in the wilderness, and they just make it through. But I think there was that one man. I mean, he fell, the rock fell on his arm, and he had to amputate his own arm. Well, what kind of story would have that been if there was somebody there with him? He wouldn't have had to lose his arm. Somebody could have got him for help. And that's exactly what it is. And life becomes when we try to do it by ourselves. It's survival. We're not thriving. We're surviving. We need somebody. Now, why, though, would you say, why do we need somebody? Why can't we do it all by ourselves? We were designed to need people. Genesis 2 and 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him or help me. Saying he's looking at man after he created everything. God formed man. But he looks at man and says, you know what? It's not good for him to be alone. It's not good for you to be alone. You need someone, a friend, someone to link up with. So starting back with this illustration that we went to, the army knew that they needed somebody. And they knew that it would be foolish for them to try to build a tent with just half a tent. So what they did, can you give me that other one, is they gave everybody half a tent because they knew that they would have to link up with another person. They would have to link up with a brother, a sister, and be strong again. If they're going to have the proper protection, if they're going to have what they need to survive, they said, you know what? You're going to have to link up with somebody else. And they said that these things, they would, I apologize, it's just a drop, paint drop cloth. You probably see a little paint on it. It's not authentic, okay? But they would have buttons and buttonholes on each of them on all three sides. And they said, you know what? They could link up and make a tent the army knew that if they gave one soldier all the tent, it would be a heavy burden to carry. And God knows that if he gave you everything that you needed by yourself, it would be too heavy of a load to carry by yourself. But he said, you know what? I'm putting in man a need for somebody else. I'm putting in you a need for somebody else. And you can squander and you can live life trying to build on just half a tent. Or you can link up with somebody, a friend that invited you and said, hey, I've got a better way. 
just have a tent. They started going. Can you got them other pictures of how they would just start to build? So they would go to that, that, that's that tent. Go to the next one. The, uh, it's two, two pieces. They would link together, and, and you could even elevate it. And if it was a cold night, they could put logs on the side and try to keep out the wind. And what they found out, you know what? If we keep linking these things, what can we build? And so go to the next one. You could get more people under the tent, and you could have a bigger place. And they said that they would use the same design in the winter. They would hollow up, put up the sides, and put mud on it, and put in the back a little furnace or something, and heat that whole thing up. But just by joining together, all you have is just half a tent. And you may think, well, how can I live life with just half a tent? You can't because you weren't meant to. You were meant to have somebody there next to you to help you along the way. And the more they linked and the stronger it became and the bigger it became, the more you link up with somebody. You link up with a strong church, a strong brother. The stronger you become, the bigger you become, the more you're able to handle issues in life. I got more, but would you just lift your hands? I feel the Holy Ghost speaking to somebody. God, I pray clarity in minds and hearts. God, I pray you help somebody today. They can't do it by themselves. We can't do it by ourselves. But we were never meant to. We were meant to lie, rely on you. We were meant to rely on that brother and that sister. There are great benefits and blessings joining together. Joining together made great protection. When the tent was together, it provided much protection from the elements, the rain, the heat. It provided shade. It provided the, the, the rain as it, that, that slope. The rain would come off of it so the soldier would not get soaked and his temperature would drop and he would get sick. That is why the devil is always trying to divide people. It is the spirit of this world, and it is the spirit of this day, is to divide. If we can't agree on everything, we can't agree on anything. Uh, you meet two people. You meet, you meet husband and wife. They will not agree on everything, but they have learned to live together. They have learned, and not just survive, but thrive in a relationship. But the devil... It's trying to divide. Oh, you only eat vegetables? Well, I'm a meat eater. My food eats your food. I ain't ain't doing that. You ain't my friend anymore. Try on crazy things, okay? Now, allow me to get a little real. Oh, you got vaccinated? I didn't get vaccinated. We can't be friends. No. There's a line there, and you have crossed it. Or you didn't get vaccinated? Oh, there's a line there. I know it's a little tight. But this is the spirit of this world. Oh, oh, what? You go over there? No, no, I'm going over there. We can't agree on everything, so we can't agree on anything. I'm taking my half tent and going to live my life how I want to live. And, and, and the Lord is like, no, you need, to, you need somebody. You need this person. Yes, everything may not line up. Yes, it looks a little bit different. It's got wear and tear and some filth and stuff on it. But link up with them. Link up with them. We're protected when we're together. We're protected. Oh feel like something rising up in me i hate that i hate when people are divided i hate when there's bickering among one another i hate it why it's tearing down you feel it you feel it when people start to bigger you'll be in a in certain situations and the bickering and it's like something's in your conscience or your spirit or you're in your your dna that's saying this isn't right stop 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 you're hurting yourself oh i want you to look at me with the man named Joab in the Bible. He was a 
powerful warrior. He was not a sissy, a coward, or lazy. He was a bad dude. You didn't mess with Joab. He was the general of David's army. He was a beast. It was, he was the original beast mode. You did not touch Joab. Don't mess with him. But he's in a battle, and it seems not to be going his way. The enemy had joined up. It's amazing. Enemy tries to vibe, but they know the only strength they have is to join up. And they had went on one side of him, and that other side of the army went on the other. They had flanked him, and he realizes, I'm in a bad spot right now. Joab is powerful as he is. I'm surrounded right now by the enemy. And 2 Samuel 10 and 9, when Joab saw that the front of the battle was against him before and behind, he chose all the choice men of Israel and put them away against the Syrians on one side, and the rest of the people he delivered into Abishai, his brother, that he might put them away against the children of Ammon. And he said, this powerful man that could seem like he could do anything by himself, said, if the children of in, uh, if, the, if the Syrians be too strong for me, then thou shall help me. <laughs> I recognize, Abishai, that I don't have what it takes for fighting battles that we can't do alone. And if they're too strong for me, I need a brother to come in and say, I'll link up with you. I'll link up with you. But he says, if the children of Ammon be too strong for thee, then I will come and help thee. If I see you fighting some battles and it seems to be too great, you're not going to do life by yourself. I'm telling you as the pastor of this church and city that I'm here for you. This church is here for you. You're not meant to do life by yourself but you're meant to link up you're meant to be strong you're not meant to just get by but to say hey these battles that we can't fight by ourselves but together no weapon formed against us shall prosper oh thank you lord lift your hands thank you jesus Thank you, Jesus. I pray unity in this church. I pray unity in families. I pray unity in marriages. Thank you, Lord. You can't win battles on your own, but you're going to need somebody. One day or another, life may be good now, but I promise you, you, you make sure you keep that half a tin open for somebody. Because one day, everything's going to happen, and it ain't going to be pretty, and it ain't going to be good, but it's going to be a lot better. You're going to stumble, and you're going to fall. But it says, hey, that got a friend. It's going to come up and link up with them and say, all right. I know, I know you're hurt. I know you can't walk as strong as you used to right now. You may have sprained your ankle. You may be something wrong in your heart and your mind. I got you, brother. We're linked up, and we're going to go somewhere in Jesus' name. You may feel today like you're broken, and you're surrounded by people, but you're still disconnected. Maybe being alone in a crowd. It's because there's disconnection that has happened. Ezekiel 37 and 1 says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he carried me in the spirit of the Lord and set me in the midst of the valley, which was full of dry bones. If you've been to Sunday school of any type of church in your life, you know that this is the story talking about the valley of dry bones. And next scripture, he caused me to pass them round about, said the spirit of the Lord got this overview of this battlefield that had just been so routed and so destroyed that he's looking at it. And it's like there were very many bones and they were very dry and the Lord said unto him in verse 3, Son of man, can these bones live? And he didn't really know how to answer it. Sometimes we're looking at situations. 
and we don't know how to answer it. So he answered very wise. He said, you know, thou knowest, Lord. You know if it can happen or if it can't because I can't do it by myself. And so verse 7, skipping along. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. It was those bones that were disconnected. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. There was a disconnection that happened. Maybe there was a bad situation that swept through that area, swept through that family, swept through that church, and it's just nothing but dry bones, and it's nothing but disconnected things all over. But what the restart of that miracle happened when there was a connection again. There was a joining together again. That's what the start of the revival happened. That's when the start of the miracle happened. As I said, when bone came to bone at the end of that miracle in verse 10 says so I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up on their feet an exceeding great army the army was not great and the army was not strong until the army started joining together with this half until that bone said you know what we've been disconnected but let's let's join up again Let's, let's connect once again. Let, 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 brother, sister, we, we've had some falling outs. Let's, let's connect once again. Please, please don't wait. I've, I've done too many funerals now. I'm, I'm a young pastor. I'm 35, but I've done enough funerals now to know that sometimes things are left unsaid until there's a coffin in front of a church. And then you got family members I haven't seen in 20 years over a dumb falling out of something. And now they're up there weeping and crying, wish they had one more day because they weren't willing to be connected. They were not willing to let some pride fall out and some ego. Please, as this young pastor employs some people, don't wait for that. Let some... Let, let, let some things just fall out the window, act like it never happened, or dress it and say, let's move on from this. Let's grow. But whatever we do, we're not going to wait till that moment. We're linking up right now. Well, the body of Christ, you can't have strength. You can't have greatness until there's unity. I don't have much to offer. You can offer half a tent. I don't have much to offer. You can offer what you got. We're the body of Christ. Ephesians 4 and 16, it says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working, the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Another version of that same scripture says, he maketh the whole body fit together and unites it through the support of every joint as each and every part does its job. He makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. As you begin to grow together and you're joined together, all of a sudden that blood now can flow and help heal wounds. And as you're connected, that blood can start flowing and giving strength. But it does not happen with disconnection, but it happens with togetherness and unity. It's how God designed us, but look at this. Not only us, but it's how God designed his word. He designed his word this way. Look at Isaiah 28 and 10. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. And it makes the connection. You cannot build on just one scripture. Some people would take one scripture and build an entire doctrine out of it. And that's not the way. 
That, that's not the way. There are, there are archaeologists. You can research it yourself. But they have found one bone, and they have built an entire dinosaur off of this one bone. Whether you believe in dinosaurs or not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about they have taken one little thing and say, you know what this dinosaur probably looked like? And let's build all this. Sometimes people take one scripture and say, you know what that probably means? Let's build all this. The Bible doesn't say that, though. It says line upon line, precept upon precept. It's like the story of the man who said, God, speak to me. And he, he grabbed his Bible. Can you give me that? Right here. Grabbed his Bible, and he said, God, I want to hear your word. I want to. And he opened it up and kind of just closed his eyes and just and he opened it and said, Judas hanged himself. He's like, well, that wasn't from the Lord. God, speak to me. Flipped it open and second and said, go and do likewise. Like, well, you know, if, if you live your life based on just one little scripture here, there, you know, it, it's not going to turn out too well. Okay. <laughs> it's not going to turn out too well. But precept line here, there a little. It's a joining. Now look with me. As powerful as faith is. You cannot please God unless you have faith. You cannot do things. You get got to have a little bit of faith. We sing the song, and faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Brother Pearson, that was my attempt on audition right there. <laughs> but faith, 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 it's, it's powerful, it's great. But faith is just half a tent. Let's go to the word, James 2 and 17. Even so, faith. If it hath not works, is dead. Why? Why? Being alone. Faith is just half a tent. But if you want the fullness of faith, there needs to be line upon line, precept upon precept. Look at that's 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 how it is. And the reading the Bible sometimes can get confusion. You read one scripture like, well. What does that mean? And you read another one. Am I the only one like this? Okay. I know I'm pastor. I read the Bible and everything. But sometimes I'm like, Lord, you know, it's a mystery sometimes. But look at this. Mark 115. I'm going to go through this very quickly. And I'm almost done. Hallelujah. The food is already permeating through this room. We can smell it. Some of your stomachs are just singing along. We're almost done. But Mark 115 saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe. Okay. Repent and believe. Now let's look at Mark 16 and 16. Whosoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Okay, well then now let's go to John 3 and 5. Except the man is born of the water, so that's that baptism, and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Well, what's going on? Well, if I, if I repent and believe, okay, I'm good. Well, now I'm believing and baptized, but... Now, now what's happening? I've got to be born of the water and of the spirit. I've got to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy, uh, the, the Holy Spirit. I can't enter the kingdom of God. What's happening? There is a unity that needs to happen. It's, it's a half a tent. It's just joining line upon line. That's why Peter took all of these and he says, I'm going to join them together. In Acts 2 and 38, then Peter said unto them, repent. That's repent. Mark 1.15, and be baptized. Oh, that, that, that's, that's Mark 16 and 16. And, and in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that Holy Spirit. Oh, that's John 3.5. What, what Peter did was say, okay, line upon line, precept upon precept. Believing is great, but it's still half a tent. Baptism, oh, that, that's good, but let, let, let's join up. Let, there's something else. There's, there's baptism, there's Holy Ghost. Now, now the Bible talks about just add to your faith virtue. All this, there's things that I can keep adding on and building it's a joining together everything about the kingdom of god is together luke 10 and 1 jesus appointed unto them 70 and he sent them out not one by one but he sent them out two 
by two. Because it says you can't do it by yourself. You may think you're hot stuff, Mr. Preacher, but you can't. I don't know if I think I'm hot stuff or not. I don't know. But I know at this, I can't do it by myself. We had a work day here yesterday, and there was a whole group of people. Pastor wasn't out there chopping a tree and then going over here. And over. No, no, there was a group of people. That pastor ain't up here, thank God, ain't up here singing and trying to lead and coming over here in the piano and playing and doing everything. No, 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 we're joining together. We're a group of people. Everything about the kingdom of God is togetherness. It was Peter and John going to the temple to pray when that miracle of that man stood standing up. One can put a thousand to flight. Yeah, you can do pretty good by yourself, but it ain't nothing compared to two, which is 10,000. Matthew 20, 18 and 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. When you start linking up, Jesus comes in the midst. You start making that tent and say, Lord, I have, I've got unity with my brother. I've got unity with my family. I've got unity. What God says, oh, there's a place that I can dwell. There's a habitation. So it's two or three. Just got to have unity. He's given an illustration. It's two or three. I just want there to be unity and joining together. It only gets better and better. My last thing right here, and then I'm going to ask us to stand, but life may have beat you up. You took a journey that you thought in life, maybe graduated in high school and you had grand plans. You had hopes and dreams. And you're looking at your life right now and you're saying, where, where did I lose my way? Been knocked out, been knocked on my back, and been, seems like everything is taken away from me. I'm, I'm just pre preaching life today. It happens. You, things come out of nowhere and seems to knock us down. What, what, what happened? Jesus tells a story, Luke 10 and 29, but he willing to justify said unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who do I have to be joined with? Jesus. And Jesus said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him, took everything that he had of his raiment and wounded him and departed him, leaving him half dead. He didn't have much. By chance, there came people came by, skipping to verse 33 for time's sake. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, was there. And when he saw him, had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And in the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said, take care of him. Whatsoever thou spendest more, I will come again and repay him, repay thee. He's saying, I see somebody that's half dead. And that Samaritan would have gotten his name in the Bible, his story in the Bible, if he wasn't willing to say, you know what? I, I, I'm strong right now. My brother's falling down. But I can do it by myself for a while because one day we find in life that it can just flip where we'll be down in the ditch and we're praying, somebody, please help me. Somebody, I'm, I'm, I'm half dead right now. I need somebody to help. And he looked at somebody with half a tent and he said, you know what? I can help you. I don't have to get off my high horse and come down and kind of spend some of the things that I have in that oil and that, that, that nourishing thing that's going to help heal you. But I got you. I'll I help you. I'll help lift up you. You, you. I know it's a burden to me right now. I know, but I'm gonna, I got some things to help you, brother. I got some things to help you, sister. Here, here let, let's join together. I, I'm going to take you somewhere where you're going to join up with somebody else and they're going to make sure that you okay. Oh, you need somebody. You've got to have somebody. You've got to have somebody. How many stories can we tell up here of people that thought they could do it by themselves and they're gone thinking I can do it by myself.
you know, the heart of this man. You need somebody. You may feel like that today, that you were on your way to somewhere, had great dreams and visions and plans, but unexpected consequences have robbed you of everything, and you're trying to hold your family together and hold your life together, but all you feel like is, I'm inadequate for the task. I want to tell you, you are by yourself, but Jesus is here to pour some things in your wounds and Jesus is here if you're going to link up with anybody link up with Jesus it's in your DNA to link up with Jesus it's in your DNA to say Lord you're the one that created me you're the one that I need ever since that separation in the garden there has been a quest of man to get back connected from his half of the tent to the creator of everything in the world and I can't do it of my own ability or my own talent intellect but I need Jesus whom I'm going to link up with Let's go ahead and stand. The best linking up we can do today is linking up with God. 1 Corinthians 3 and 9. For we are laborers together with God. It says, ye are God's husbandry and ye are God's building. God built you. God built you. Don't think all these all this flaws and inadequacies. Yeah, he, you know who built you? God. You know who put them in you sometimes? God. Know why? So you can rely on God. Let's go back to our original scripture. It's Ecclesiastes. We're going to read the whole thing. Two are better than one. Ecclesiastes 4 and 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for the labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, they have heat. But how can one be warm alone if one prevail against him? One, he's trying to fight everything he can, but he doesn't seem to be making it. He's doing everything. He's striving, but it's prevailing against him. Two joins up. Two joins up together. They can withstand him, but you keep adding and you keep joining, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You're unbreakable when you link up with people and God. You're unbreakable. The more you join together with the body of Christ, it gets better. The more you joined up with his spirit, it gets better. I would if we lift our hands. I feel like the Lord has been speaking to people. Your life may not be what you thought it should be, but I promise you, you just have half a tent, and life is only going to get worse unless you start linking up. God, help each and every one of us. God, we can't do it of our own. But God, you never intended for us to do it on our own. God, we need your spirit. We need your presence. We need your anointing. God, it's just half a tent. But Lord, I know if I link up with you, I don't have much. But God, what I do have, I'll give it to you. I would, if you'd be so kind, we're just going to open up these altars. If you would, if you have a friend, would you bring them up to the front? This is not you joining the church or anything, but this is just us praying and saying, I, I got a friend I'm joining up with. I got a family member. I've got somebody's strength. I, these altars are open. Go ahead and take that hand next to you. We're going to pray together for a short moment, and then we're going to dismiss. But I'm asking if we just come. This is beautiful. People are coming. You won't be the first. Oh, this is great. Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is wonderful. We can't do it of our own. We need God. Oh, this is wonderful. You don't. You can just come up. You can hold one person's hand, two people. You don't have to join all together, but I, I think that's beautiful. Oh, this is great. You can just feel strength coming into this place. Woo! As they play, why don't we go ahead and lift our hands. God, we need you. God, we need you. 
God, we need this church to be unified. We need families to be unified. We need brother and sister, God. I bind every spirit, God, that try to hinder a family. Everything that tries to come in and the devil tries to divide. The devil tries to put in things. That's it. Lift your voice. You need that brother. You need that sister. You may feel like life has robbed you so much. I promise you, if you just lift your voice and begin to lean on to the presence of the Lord, you'll feel the strength of the Lord. That's it from front to back. Oh, that's it. If you can't make it up front, I encourage you to link up with somebody. Just begin to pray for them. God, touch my brother. God, touch my sister. Help them today. I don't know what they're dealing with. I don't know what they're going through. But I know I can be there for them. Jesus. 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 We need each other. We need each other. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's it. That's it. That's it. Such a sweet presence of the Lord right now. If you just be open to it, I promise you, He can do some things. He can rearrange your life. If you're just open to His Spirit right now, not resisting, but God, I want what you got for me. together again but it was a few few months ago probably like two months ago my neighbor texts me and calls me and he's like hey he's like my pump went out and he's like we tried we had just some issues and we have no water like could you hook up your hose and just throw it over the fence to me so we can have water be able to do whatever we need to do and have some water to cook and to clean, to flush the toilets, just everything that we need. And so, like a good neighbor, not State Farm, but but we threw that hose over the fence, helped him out, did whatever we could, had that hose over there for several days. <laughs> Promise you, a little bit of me was just like, I wonder how much water they're using. <laughs> but got it fixed. They got well. People came out. We placed this pump. Okay, great. That's awesome. Got my host back. I promise you, three weeks later, my wife calls me. I was at work. We don't have water. Like, what? It's like, just go out there. You know, sometimes everyone that I've ever said this to, they're like, you know, sometimes ants get in that little contact. You just got to go out, pop that thing. If you have a well, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Just pop that contact. It'll be fine. Well, went out there. Couldn't do it. Had my dad, who's very handy go out there couldn't do it called a pump company your pump's bad you gotta replace your pump so you know what i did went over to my neighbor hey my pump went out i don't know if we got a neighborhood sabotager messing up all our pumps but i need some help and what he did was i had the hose hooked up and he let me hook it right in i had one of them adapters you could hook right into your house be able to turn on the, the faucet and just get water from his pump and help me out for several days. I couldn't do it by myself. And sometimes you'll be there to help somebody, but you need to not act all big and mighty like I've got my life together and no one's going to tell me what to do and I'm going to do it and I'm going to be the one to help everyone. 
No, you're going to be like that. You know what we're going to be like? There's nobody without water for a while. You're parched, dry. But we said, you know what? I need help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. You know what I find? Asking for help is a sign of maturity. I have three young girls, and they are struggling sometimes, but they don't want to ask for help. They're not mature. They're immature. But a sign of maturity is when you said, you know what? I can't do this. Guys, sometimes we want to pick up the heavy load. You don't get a hernia. Sorry, just speaking straight. But I got this by myself. I can do it. No, let me help you. We had Brother Bud, right? We had that big old log out there. We're going to try to pick it up. And he's like, hey, why don't you let me cut that in half? Well, I'll help you out with my chainsaw. And we'll get some guys on this side. And that's how me and Cade probably could have done that by ourselves. But we didn't. We got some Brother Dale. We got Brother Brent. We got my dad. We got Brother Bud, Brother Hartley. All these people. We're just Brother George. We just, we need help. And life sometimes can be so heavy that it will crush you if you do not have something there to help you. All you have is half a ten in life, but that's all God would meant to give you. But when you find out and realize that, you know what? That's all I have. But if I link up with my brother, if I link up with a strong church, if and I link up with a strong God, you know what? Everything that life throws at me, every trial, every weather, every issue, we're going to be okay. May get a little rough, may get a little windy, but we're protected and we're strong. One last time before we dismiss our seats, why don't we lift our hand? Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. God, I pray strength in this church. I pray strength in your people. Every friend that came, every family member, I pray you strengthen them, God. Help them. I don't know what they're going to face this week, but let them know that you are with them. This church is with them. This pastor is for them. I pray that you would help them and guide them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you go ahead and make your back to your seat, but why don't you say it's good to see you and point at someone and say, you need help. <laughs>